Hi, I'm Asfandiar Mir from Stanford University, and I'm in conversation today with Laurel Miller, who's the director of the Asia program at International Crisis Group and former acting special representative of Afghanistan, Pakistan, the U.S. State Department. We will be talking today about President Biden's Afghanistan policy choices. Uh, the Trump administration has passed President Biden the baton of a landmark but complicated political deal with the Taliban. And under that deal, U.S. Uh, is supposed to withdraw from Afghanistan by, uh, U.S. forces are supposed to withdraw from Afghanistan by May 2021, depending on the Taliban meeting their end of the bargain uh, in the deal. The Taliban insists they do. Uh, U.S. government, however, is still making its mind on, on Taliban's compliance with the deal uh, and whether to withdraw by May or extend U.S. military presence in the country. Laurel has addressed this issue in a recent piece in Foreign Affairs entitled The Myth of a Responsible Withdrawal from Afghanistan, where she challenges this emerging narrative held by some in the foreign policy community that there is a responsible withdrawal option. Uh, so Laurel, welcome. And, and, and tell us something about the piece. Uh, and I'm wondering if you can speak to whether the Trump approach uh, has put the peace process uh, as well as US policy on essentially an unalterable course, uh, making enforcement of conditions uh, uh, fairly challenging. Thanks so much, Svandir. Um, it's good to have this conversation. Um, look, I think the, the, the bottom line point that I was making in the foreign affairs piece is that um, there isn't really a middle way between withdrawing troops from Afghanistan and not withdrawing troops from Afghanistan. Um, that that fundamental question of whether the United States needs to keep boots on the ground in Afghanistan as the linchpin of the Afghan government's security, its, its durability and longevity, um, or whether there is a way for the U.S. to uh, to exit from its military engagement in Afghanistan is basically the same question that there has been for a while. Some have suggested that what would be possible to do as part of a quote-unquote responsible withdrawal would be uh, to to leave, but at the same time leave behind a, a counterterrorism focused U.S. military force there. And the point I was making in the piece is that um, any continuation of the U.S. military presence in Afghanistan is essentially a continuation of the status quo and that there isn't a way to disentangle counterterrorism action from counterinsurgency action against the Taliban. Or to put it more simply, if the U.S. decided that it was going to maintain troops indefinitely in Afghanistan, however it wants to characterize the purpose of that, uh, the the Taliban will continue to uh, and will actually ramp up, I believe, its contestation of the U.S. military presence and uh, will be, as I said, you know, persisting with the status quo, not some kind of different U.S. military mission in the country. Uh, the, that answering that question of whether ultimately to stay or to go, regardless of what happens in the peace process, in part depends on deciding um, 
what the risk is to the United States of leaving Afghanistan, what the risk in terms of terrorist groups once again posing a threat from Afghanistan to the United States. And that's my question for you, Asfandiar, like what is that risk? What is the nature today of the Taliban-Al-Qaeda relationship and how much does the U.S. need to worry about that? So, so there is a risk. I, I believe Al-Qaeda remains resilient uh, in Afghanistan and it, it is working toward the U.S. withdrawal. Uh, the group hasn't fragmented politically. Uh, there are strong indications that Al-Qaeda chief uh, Ayman al-Zawahiri was in the country till mid to late 2020. And most significantly, Taliban haven't broken from Al-Qaeda. There is no discernible evidence to suggest a break between the two. And Al-Qaeda really pledges uh, allegiance to the chief of the Taliban. Um, that said, in, in the recent past, there is no information on major plotting inspired or directed by Al-Qaeda in, uh, in Afghanistan, at least in the public domain. And that's something I think you have noted in your article uh, as well. You know, briefly on the Islamic State in Afghanistan, it is a threat, but it's been considerably weakened, and it, today it's more of a threat to Afghan civilians um, than 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 to the U.S. or or to the broader region. And are there ways to contain the problem of terrorist groups in Afghanistan without keeping boots on the ground? I think you know there are two models of a of a of this contain of a containment strategy. One is uh, using drone surveillance. Uh, from offshore special forces to mount operations. It's not ideal, optimal, but the US government has been doing this in places like Idlib and, and, and Yemen. The other option is to is to multilaterally constrain pressure the Taliban uh, into, uh, into not supporting some of these transnational jihadists, which is, which is where I think I, you know, I wish we had more time uh, and we would have discussed uh, whether you know this kind of diplomacy to sustain uh, uh, counterterrorism pressure is viable. But on that note, it's it's been great chatting today, Laura. Good to chat with you. I think we can safely say limited options. <laughs> <laughs> limited indeed.